to our loyal audience. Welcome back. We got episode five today and Jeff and I are pumped up to be here because we're doing something brand new for the first time. We are going to be having a live interview with an industry legend and so he will be calling in, we'll be asking some questions and learning a little bit about pseudo purity and beverage. As you can see, a little bit of tight corners, not what we're used to. I've been hitting the gym so I'm going to try to not hurt you. I'll do my best. I know you're probably a, intimidated. A, don't touch me. B, you said tight corners, which just is your bony elbows. Generally speaking, it's tight quarters. I think of what you meant to say. They are. But that is money yeah. on the mind. Anyway, We're here to educate. Anyway. It's not about that. Garbage. Not garbage. Not. Why are we here? Why are we here? We are here for contamination today. Uh, we've talked about this a little bit in the past episodes. Uh, Jackson Dome, we're having you know, new wells that we're, we're uh, feeding into or pulling out of, and we're seeing some contaminated CO2 or less than pure CO2 coming out. And some of that is getting downstream. It's clogging up filters. It's, it's lowering the capacity of some of these liquefaction plants. Um, so we're going to get into all of that. But what really more importantly is, what, what does that mean? What is contamination? What are we contaminated? Should we be concerned? Uh, things like that. So as Luke noted, we have an outstanding guest, a good friend of ours, a good friend of the show, a good friend of everybody, uh, Gary Robson from Sure Purity Filtration. Uh, Gary comes to, uh, to us with uh, get 20 plus years of experience in this industry, uh, but most importantly to this conversation, what Gary has is the ISBT experience. Uh, he, the ISBT is the International Society of Beverage Technologists. Say that three times and you'll be doing good. But ISBT is an outstanding uh, uh, organization that basically writes the standards for what is CO2 and beverage and, and, and really all the raw materials like go into everything that you consume. Uh, Gary has been on the board for, is on the board currently, has been a member for over 20 years and was the previous president a few years ago of the ISBT. So nobody brings more experience in, in purification, analysis, and contamination and filtration than, than Gary Robson. Gary, welcome to the show. We're excited to have you. How are you today, sir? Wow, what an introduction, Jeff. Thank you very much for having me, you guys. Um, great to be here. Great to be part of this uh, groundbreaking podcast. My goodness me, blows me away. Thanks for having me. I'm going to talk about something near and dear to my heart. I've got over 25 years experience in this particular area, and it's all about con controlling uh, contamination in CO2, whether it's from the source, whether it's in distribution, or whether it's how you use it. So we're going to hit on uh, six key areas, contamination, why does it occur, shortages and disruption, why is it occurring now, uh, how do you protect yourself from this, um, what's the difference between the various grades. There's a huge um, misconception that food grade is is should be used in beverage production. So we're gonna cover why that's not the case. Um, and how can you be sure the grade of CO2 that you're being supplied is the grade that you need, all right? And then emerging sources, talk a little bit about that because as we've read in the news, we can't rely on the sources we've got. And then I'll give you three key takeaways. So back to you, Jeff. Yeah, well, great, that, Gary, thank you. That's, uh, that is outstanding because that really encapsulates uh, everything that we've been talking about here and, and kind of what we're seeing and, uh, you know, most importantly, the, the contamination from the domes um, and the impact downstream, as we said, uh, the low purity levels, everything about it. But it's about the, you know, the, the 
accumulation or, or, or the uh, um, aggregation of other sources too. We're going to have other sources of CO2 coming onto the market and uh, whether it's from, from biogas, from uh, you know, biomass, uh, syngas, things like that, that, that you know, we're just, they're not, they're new to, to our, our supply lines that we're going to have to filter. We're going to have to you know, ensure that there's not a contamination level that goes in there. Um, so really, I mean, what are we doing about it? That's the biggest question. You know, why are we seeing this contamination? And ultimately, you know, what are we going to do about it? And, and how, what, can, what can you do as a user uh, uh, of this CO2 and ingredient into your food or beverage? What can you do? Yeah. So the the contamination incident we're seeing in the U.S. is in the in the south in Mississippi. It's coming from geothermal wells, and there's there's a lot of these wells all tapped. And when you basically exhaust a well, then you move on to the next one. You tap the next one, so on and so forth. So what's happening right now? The uh, the the wells have been overdrawn, and they have been for a little while now. This is not a new thing. Uh, this has been happening in, um, for for a couple of years, but the, the operators on those wells know when it is, when's the right time, the opportune time to, to switch the well. Um, this time, for whatever reason, it just it got missed. And the switching now, the problem is things like compressors and purification plants that upscale or upgrade this CO2 to the sources or the, sorry, the grades that we need it to be, um, They've, they've had issues, you know, parts issues, availability, machine reliability. Um, when you compound that with the driver shortages and all of the distribution issues that are going on right now, this is leading to these, these outages that you're seeing, particularly in the southern parts of the United States. Yeah, Gary, you know, that sounds kind of like everything we've experienced the last two years, really the perfect storm of unfortunate events, labor shortages, uh, supply chain issues and now having to tap a new well and finally everything has come to a head. I do want to highlight for the listeners back home, we have a wide audience. Why does beverage grade CO2 matter? Well, if you like beer, if you like soda, you're going to be impacted. I don't know how many of y'all have seen some of the news, mainstream news lately, interviews with microbreweries down in the southeast saying we're eliminating headcount, we're closing up our doors because we cannot make beer to distribute to our people that we feel comfortable consuming. And so Gary, that brings me to my next question, understanding what impurities are in the CO2 that are making them an issue. I've heard a lot of talk about benzene. We'd love for you to elaborate. Yeah, so every source, right, has its own source-specific impurities. This particular occasion, uh, the geothermic wells, it's, uh, it's benzene and it's heavy hydrocarbons, basically. They're being drawn out of those wells. They're overcoming the equipment. Um, the equipment's not really designed for such huge la high levels of concentrations, and it's leading to, to machine failure. So, yeah, why, why is, what is benzene? Why, why is it bad? Why do we care? Yeah, be benzene's the, it's regulated. It's a regulated compound. It's carcinogenic. Um, Okay, it's in your gasoline, it's even in, it's uh, given off from some fruit, for example, strawberries give off naturally occurring benzene. But the, the benzene we're talking about here should not be in the ingredient, and that's why it's regulated and also uh, um, tightly controlled by the industry to the, uh, the lowest level of any impurity, allowable impurity in beverage grade specification CO2, uh, and it's regulated to 20 parts per billion. 
And in this well, we're talking about benzene, but understanding what you said earlier, I mean, could we experience different contaminations as we move from well to well? Today it's benzene, but it's a different hydrocarbon next time. I mean, is this something that we need to be ready for a pivot at all times to protect ourselves as, as users of CO2? Sure. Yeah, Luke, it's a good question. Um, you know, you've got various different impurities specific to each well at various different levels. So in this in this scenario, we've got the in the last few weeks, we've seen the, the high um, hydrocar heavy hydrocarbons and benzene. But we've also seen from uh, ethanol refineries, high sulfur compounds. So it really just depends on the uh, quality incident, what's causing it. There's a number of different factors. All are controllable, but sometimes they catch you out. Yeah, so, and I, I think we want to kind of close on that point here in a minute, so we'll come back to this. But, I, I uh, you know, as we've talked about, you know, going forward in the future uh, with 45Q and sequestration of a lot of the current sources of CO2 that we're used to, uh, we're going to see a lot of new sources coming on and, and also uh, aggregation of those sources. So where traditionally you know where roughly your CO2 is coming from. If you buy from an ethanol plant, you know you're getting from that ethanol plant and you kind of know your impurities. But now in the future, we're going to have biogas and syngas and, and everything else kind of coming in, aggregating into one. Those impurities could change over time. So uh, before we get to that, two questions I have then are, A, we talked about food grade, beverage grade. Give us the the, you know, the, the food grade, beverage grade 101. What's the difference? Uh, why does it matter? And then the next question, what do we do? Yeah, it boils down to the amount of impurities that are in, in the uh, record of analysis or certificate of analysis. Um, the, for example, FCC food grade is, is seven impurities. Okay, these are uh, controlled and um, analyzed on a, on a batch by batch basis versus the ISBT grade, or in Europe we call it IGA 70, we also have ISBT here which is 17 compounds, 17 different impurities. That's because the beverage industry and the gas industry came together to establish a, uh, the ISBT grade of CO2 because what we're using here, the difference is, guys, FCC food grade CO2, which everybody was thinking was fine to put into a beverage, it really isn't because um, you've only got seven impurities that you're, you're monitoring there versus the 17 in ISBT. What we're dealing with with ISBT is an ingredient-grade CO2. This is the only industrial gas that we consume as humans. We ingest it. It's part of the beverage, and we need to make sure that it's safe for consumers to enjoy. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, it really feels like a wake-up call. Obviously, we don't want to be dealing with the situation, but as we start to aggregate different sources, this is the opportunity to get ahead of, you know, future impurities taking place and, and slowing down uh, the supply of the CO2 product. So how can we be proactive? What do we need to be doing right now and going forward to make sure that we're getting the purest CO2 that we can uh, into our into our end users products? Yeah, um, number one, protect yourself. You know, you've got to have that in inline protection in place. And the best place to have that is right after your vaporizer, right after your storage tank in your own plant. Um, don't let somebody else take care of your own quality. Okay, number one, it's your quality, quality matters to your product, so you have to take care of this as an ingredient, just like you do with your hops. You know, brewers are obsessed with the quality of the hops. Why should you not be obsessed with the quality of your CO2? There's three to four volumes of CO2 in the beverage. 
in the beer, make sure that it's the best quality CO2 you can get. The way that we would recommend you do that is by having inline multi-barrier protection with a carbon guard system. And what that's going to do, it's going to polish the CO2. It's going to isolate the CO2 molecule at the molecular level, remove those impurities. And what you're left with is a polished molecule, hence securing your supply. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's what we talk about. Both those concepts, security of supply, critical, but uh, also it's an ingredient. CO2 is an ingredient. Uh, yeah, obviously in the beverage and, and in brew making, but in food processing and a whole lot of other applications. And so that kind of leads me to the question, well, you know, I get, I get the certificate, of, you know, if I'm a beverage, a, a brew, whatever, I get a certificate that says the CO2 is beverage grade, or I buy it, I bought beverage grade. Why should I not just assume that it's not beverage grade? You know, why shouldn't I just buy it and be good? Yeah, um, great point. So... You should always be asking for a certificate of analysis. If you're not, I'll start asking for one. You've got to know what's in your ingredient. It's such a key ingredient. If you're not getting a survey from your supplier, require it, okay? You'll find out pretty quickly what you're buying. And it should have right on there what the uh, monograph that it's been analyzed to. And in this case, it would be ISBT grade, okay? So you'll see outlined there all of those impurities the maximum allowable limits of those impurities and what it is on your actual load that you've just bought. The thing to, th the thing to think about is when you're consolidating all of these different sources of CO2, you've got these permissible uh, maximum allowable limits of these trace impurities. These build up in your storage tank over time in your own equipment. So may, again, another reason to have point of use polishing in your own uh, facility to protect from the buildup of these trace impurities, which do um, accumulate over time. Well, that's great. My understanding of the C of A, you know, that comes uh, from your gas supplier as the gas is leaving their facility. But as you noted, if they're making a handful of drop-offs in that, in that day, two-hose connection, we're now feeding CO2 as we equalize pressure back and forth between what's in their tank and an end-user's tank. Uh, and so even if your C of A is telling you, you know, you're within regulation, uh, by the end of the day, that may not be the case and build up over time in your own tank. I, I love the feedback you're giving to our end users to say, hey, take ownership at your facility and put polishing in place in line, but also make sure you're holding your supplier accountable. Really, really awesome tidbit of information there, Gary. That's it. No, that's that's the, two, the two key things you got to really put in place if you're not doing it now. Yeah, that's great. So, Gary, uh, great education, great information. We'll, uh, we'll put your bio and links to your, your products and things like that in our show notes, so you'll be able to find them there. Close this out. You said you, said, you, had, you, said you had some key takeaways. What, what should we take away from this conversation and going into the marketplace today? I've got three great takeaways. Number one, always know the source of your CO2. If you don't know where your CO2 is coming from, ask your supplier. They, they have that information. Just be on top of it. Know where your, your key ingredient here is coming from. Ask for certificates of analysis on a regular basis. If you can't get it on each on each truck, which the big brand owners, they expect that, it's in their contracts. If you can't get it, at least ask for it on a regular batch by batch basis. And number three, again, protect yourself from a costly disruption by installing a multi-barrier polishing filter in your facility. Make quality your business. Oh, that's fantastic, man. Gary, thank you so much for joining us across the pond. I know it's late over there, but you're chipper as ever. We appreciate you, my friend. Always good to talk. Until next time, episode six coming out soon. 
Thank you, Gary Sherpiri. We'll talk to us. We, we really appreciate you taking this call from the pub. <laughs> That's the only way to do it there, right? The pub is actually behind here. How did you know? Just tip, tip well. Make sure you tip well. Hey, and, and make sure you know where that CO2 is coming from. There we go. Full circle. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a Guinness guy. Yeah, I like it. Cheers, right. guys. Thanks.